The Forum at 8 on SAFM. Five minutes after eight. Thank you so much for tuning into the show on this public holiday. It is, of course, a family day in South Africa today. And uh, as we talk about family, so many questions being asked about the fabric of our family unit in society today. And technology has changed the way we communicate and how families interact. And the narrative is that technological advancement and social media are making us less social. But are electronic devices such as smart smartphones and tablets, replacing true forms of social interactions. And when we talk about true forms of social interaction, what exactly are those? Has one-on-one communication between family members fallen through the cracks? And if so, isn't this just, you know, the normal cause of evolution? Or is there something more at play? On the Forum at 8 this morning, we ask, how does technology impact on family values? And joining us for the conversation, Dr. Ken Resnick, who is a psychologist, and uh, we also have with us Errol Naidu, as well as uh, Louis Steenkamp, who's a family and relationship counsellor. And uh, thank you uh, so much for uh, to, to uh, Mr. Steenkamp and uh, Mr. Resnick for joining us. We're still trying to get hold of Errol Naidu. Thanks for your time this morning. Pleasure. Good morning, and thank you very much. Now, I just also want to invite our listeners, uh, tell you that the lines are open at this stage. If you'd like to uh, weigh in on this conversation, 0891-104-208 is the number to dial. Tell us what your views are. How is technology impact, uh, impacting on your family relationships at this point? Has it changed it for better, for worse? What are the pros and cons of this as you see it? Do let us know what's on your mind regarding this. You can tweet or Facebook us your uh, comments on AM Live on SAFM or you can SMS us on the number 34701. And I do believe Errol Naidu, President of the Family Policy Institute, has also joined us now. Thanks for your time as well, Errol. Good morning, Sakina. Good to be with you. Now, uh, Dr. Resnick, let me just start with you. When it comes to technology and uh, looking at how people are using technology currently, is it a hindrance to interpersonal relationships in the family? So, Akima, without any doubt, and the thing is we've got to go back to what's happening with young kids. Um, if you, you know, what is the purpose of actually bringing children up? Every child is born with passion. Every child wants to go out there and every child's got potential. So what is happening is that they'd be putting little two-year-olds on an iPad, be putting them in all sorts of things. And what is that doing? It's killing passion. And where these children, if they're not playing on these, uh, on these devices, are bored. So we're taking away a feeling of competitiveness. For instance, they can play games on, uh, on an iPad, but if they lose, it's too hard. They just change to another game. Compare that to having to play a game where you lose with another human being. You've got to handle that disappointment. It's part of growing up. And we're taking all these things away from children where they are growing up with an attitude towards authority, where they are listless, become unmotivated. There are more and more children with ADHD, etc. And they tend to only want to focus on playing these games. And the problem is they work in the sense that they keep children quiet but they're doing nothing in terms of their development. There's not one positive thing for a young child of three or four to be sitting on a computer or sitting on an iPad all day and not getting out there and interacting socially with his peers or other friends. Nothing positive at all? I mean, what about the argument that some parents would put forth that if your child is not, you know, able to um, actually work some of the uh, technological tools that we have that are so freely disposable this, uh, these days, if they cannot work those, then they are at a disadvantage by the time they go to school and enter the broader world. I'm not saying ban them. I'm not saying that. But they can't sit on them all day because they will learn. Children have the ability to learn. They're going to be taught at school, but they're given these things where they're just playing with them. They're learning nothing from them. And as I said, if a game bores them, they just change to another game. They're not sitting there getting educated because children are very concrete. But it's a bit of a cop-out, and it's been seen by the number of children, for instance, occupational therapists, are busier than ever. Because the children's posture, you see them when they sit, either even in front of a TV or playing an iPad, they all hunched up. Their posture is going.
they've fine motor, uh, fine motor skills again, these social skills again. So, and it's only parents that can legislate. Government can't legislate in terms of how much you can uh, play these games. But something needs to be done because you're reading in the paper all the time about addiction, even with children as young as two years old. But children with attitude is coming out of there because they, they're just not going out there and playing. And they're more and more obese children. They just put in front of these things and they believe they're entitled to these things. It's not that they, it's something that they just think, well, I've got to ask and get permission for. They genuinely believe they're entitled to it. Mm-hmm. But it's just that if you look at, look at, look at it in a common sense, um, from a common sense point of view, we want those children to get into that world, to take it on, to, to, be, uh, to feel good about themselves, make proper choices, cooperate, learn how to interact with peers, but to put them onto these things at such a young age and give them smartphones, which, in, which is happening at the age of six or seven, where you're getting children of eight or nine, being able to get onto the internet, being able to get onto porn sites with no real supervision, it is really, I think you can speak to many school teachers, which I do, and, and everybody's concerned about what is happening to kids, their attitude, their listlessness, their lack of motivation, the way they're talking to their parents. And mm. that's not why we're bringing up kids. We're not bringing them up. That should, that's not the purpose. But I'm not saying ban it. But we've got to legislate where parents have to understand to let a child have two, three, four hours a day on some device is ridiculous. And I do believe that in the near future, they're going to need to be putting warning signs on these devices and say, please don't allow your child to play more than X amount of time per week. It's just not good for it. You know, if I can just add, I remember mm -hmm. growing up in the 50s, cigarette smoking was the in thing. They even came out with when menthol cigarettes first came out. They were advertised as being healthy, good for your thumbs. And look at it today. But I believe these devices, if we're not going to control them, uh, we're going to be heading for, for a lot of trouble. And it is already being seen with the youth speak to many teachers in L.C. Louis Tienkam, do you agree with that? Because there have to be some pros to uh, technology and exposing your children to technology at a young age. Uh, when we were growing up, you know, TV was said to be the monster and we were, to, we were said to be watching too much TV, growing fat in front of it, etc., etc. Almost the very same argument that is being put forward now. Uh, yes, well, you know, when I hear the word technology, um, you know, I guess we have to really define uh, what we're talking about. I mean, for one, these days we have 4D scans, you know, where any complications during pregnancy can be uh, really pinpointed like, like never before, and, you know, the, the list goes on and on. But I have to agree with, you know, if we say children, you know, what age? Um, you know, for me, a 2-year-old, two 3-year-old, two even a 4-year-old, I don't really see the value um, of them, you know, sitting down, not getting any physical exercise and not really exerting their own creativity that they actually, you know, really bring out by playing and being playful, actually in a non-verbal way. You know, so that that can create some problems. Um, But on the other hand, I have to say if if, uh, there are some, you know, parent-led programs or whatever that can help children, you know, learn this, the... um, the sounds of what animals, the sounds they make, you know, and um, maybe basic science things and and just maybe uh, I think if parents lead that, you know, and they are absolutely in control of it and and actually present with that, then maybe it it could be, you know, in some informational way beneficial to the child. But, you know, I doubt this is really necessary, you know, say before the age of three. Mm. But if it does happen, as we know it is happening, and um, many of us are guilty of this, those who have, you know, young children, whereby you actually do allow your children to play on your um, uh, gadgets, on your devices. So, so, So for those parents, you know, who do feel that they want their children to acquire these competencies, these skills at a very young age, what advice do you have for them? Yeah, well... You know, the first thing I think is, is uh, coming from a family perspective, the parent needs to look at him or herself. You know, what, are, what exactly are you modeling? You know, um, how do you use your device? Can you, for example, dinner time, put the phone off or put it down or not maybe, um, you know, uh, answer to a, a WhatsApp or a text message or whatever? 
um, so that the children see, okay, you know, when we actually are, are spending time together, that's more important, you know, because all day everybody's um, busy and whatnot, you know. So um, I guess, again, the, the younger they are, I just I don't really see the need, you know, or the, that it's that important. But over time, as they're getting older, you know, um, if you have, I mean, you know, schools are implementing, you know, laptops and, and things like that. So at some point, parents just have to get involved. And I think sometimes the, the threat is that parents are more like the immigrants to the technology world where the children are the natives today, you know. So children often uh, don't want to listen to mom and dad because they feel like they don't know enough about it, uh, technology or the latest and greatest, you know, in terms of um, mm-hmm. games or social media, so so they just, Which they is just often don't take true. that authority serious. Which is often true. I mean, how many of us have to ask our children um, to actually show us how to use, you know, certain apps or install them or just to get certain devices going, where it's something that comes naturally to them, which and, and, and some of us, you know, find it difficult to get on board. Some people are still very averse to technology. But is this necessarily such a bad thing? thing, Errol Naidu. Is technology a bad thing? No, I don't think it is. I think it's a very good thing. It, uh, it helps uh, in so many ways. Uh, the freedom and access to information has never been what it is today. And I think it's very helpful to, to children, to, uh, to adults, to everybody. But uh, the balance, I think I, I agree with uh, uh, your two other guests. Everything needs balance. And, you know, we have an uh, organization called Family Policy Institute. We look at a lot of research from all over the world concerning family. And the one thing that is very clear is that family is is, uh, the most fundamental institution in society. The strength of the family determines the, the, the strength of the society. What we do have in South Africa is families becoming more and more dysfunctional. And as a result, uh, our society becoming more and more dysfunctional. So focusing on family is one of the key things that we need in South Africa. We need to strengthen these institutions because so, ma- so much depends on it. And uh, what I notice when uh, we travel around is uh, if you sit at a restaurant or anywhere, if you see a family sitting around a table perhaps, um, you know, a lot of the time you had each person sitting, staring at their device, mm-hmm. and that that group of people not interacting. You even see a husband and a wife sitting at a dinner table uh, in a restaurant, um, busy on their devices. And so there's less interaction now between people as a result of that. People on Facebook and Twitter and all kinds of things. So it, it is it is harming. It is undermining relationships. And, and when you, you know, you isolate people this way uh, and, and stick them on devices and, and busy with technology and people do not interact, they grow further apart. And it is harmful. Mm. So but, but, what but do you is do it, about it? Is, is the problem the technology or is the problem human beings? Because, you know, the, the phone did not decide to stick itself between the two people. I mean, these are grown people, they are adults, they are making conscious decisions to rather spend time on their phones than speak to one another. So surely the problem lies with us, with human beings, and not technology. Yes, it does. It's not the technology because it's inanimate uh, objects. Uh, You can't blame uh, the the devices, the iPads. Um, It's how we use them. So it is our problem. It is the people. We have a huge problem, Sakina, in South Africa with parenting. There is less and less parenting in South Africa, and by that I mean less and less supervision of children, uh, and that's having devastating consequences. Uh, I, uh, one of your guests uh, mentioned the issue of pornography. Uh, our research shows that more and more younger children are getting access to pornography on their handheld devices. Online pornography is becoming a major issue in South Africa. Younger children now, because, and because of that, more younger children are now sexually abusing other younger children. So child-on-child sexual abuse is a growing phenomenon in South Africa. We also have children making sex videos of themselves, engaging mm-hmm. sexual activity as young as 8 and 9 and 10, 
and they share those videos with their, other, their friends, and they, they call that sexting. Uh, and, and so this thing is growing, and the reason it is, is obviously because there's no parental supervision. Because the first question on people's minds is then, how are these children able to do these things? Well, their parents are not involved. Their parents don't know what their children are doing. But the parents are hands-off. Mm. So that's the only way these kind of things can flourish, is that if parents are not involved in their children's lives, are not uh, checking their devices, are not putting some kind of supervision and boundaries around them, um, these things are going to happen. And so it's like a free-for-all, and children are just doing whatever they, they, they want to do, and they can do it. And so we're having the kind of problems we have in South Africa. So you're right, uh, parental supervision, just a good old-fashioned parenting is missing in South Africa. Mm. There are a lot of people that do parent their children well, but I think the majority are not. They just use your cell phone, use your device, have a great time, and we busy, they busy, everybody's busy. In 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 the average household, everybody's just passing each other. You know, people not sitting around the table, talking to each other, um, you know, parents mm. are not asking the kids about their education, how they're doing, helping with it. Everybody's on their own thing. And the evidence is clear, very clear in South Africa. The other big issue, obviously, in South Africa is that we only have 35% of children uh, that live with both parents. Uh, that means about 60, 65, 66% of children uh, don't live with both parents. They live with one or other parent. And then a single parent family families also have their challenges where the single parent uh, cannot manage uh, that well because working and trying to supervise the child and and uh, what we have latchkey kids children coming from school um, with the key opening the door and are in their home uh, under their own supervision mm. those are all uh, the issues the real issues we face in South Africa. And, and that's why um, uh, technology, although it's not a bad thing, can become a bad thing because now it's being abused. Uh, just like anything, if it's abused, uh, it becomes a problem. Abused, abused by whom? Abused uh, by the parents. Because let's but, face but, it. Yeah, but, and children. And children. But, but, but let's face it. These are not cheap gadgets. These children cannot, uh, you know, by themselves go out and buy these gadgets. It is the parents who place these gadgets at the children's disposal. If, as a parent, you decide that you are not going to buy your child a smartphone, you have every right to make that decision. But parents are choosing, in some instances, they are choosing uh, to buy these to compensate for their inability to actually spend time with their children. So they go out and they do all manner of things. So perhaps all of these questions need to be interrogated as well. But how does technology impact on family values is the question that we are grappling with this morning. When you are sitting with your children and they are busy on their devices and not speaking to you, you know, how is that impacting on your family life? But it also speaks to the boundaries that parents Parents either put up or fail to put up for their children, amongst other things. So let me hear from you. What are your views on this particular subject? 0891-104208 is the number to dial. Abdul, you're calling us from Durban. Good morning. Good morning to you. I think uh, it's an excellent topic. Uh, I think uh, technology we have to obviously adapt to. It's something that's the future. But having said that, I think uh, one needs to have a balance. It's definitely taken the personal out of personal. Uh, I think the parents need to understand that they have to, of course, uh, demarcate the boundaries for which uh, the uh, smartphones and the various uh, equipment and gadgets are used to. But yes, it has some of its uh, disadvantages in the fact that, I mean, kids are obviously not beginning to read anymore. Uh, This takes the imagination away. They become literally brain lazy because everything's on the iPad. But it's something that we have to adapt to, provided we keep the boundaries for the usage of this. But once again, it, I'd like to say that it's the technology, it's not the technology, it's the human values. But of course, we also have to teach them about uh, mannerisms, for example, when we're sitting in conversations and so about to switch off the phones. So it's a whole educational process because technology is going to obviously 
uh, engulfs our entire lifestyle. Thank you. Thank you so much uh, for that, Abdul. Karim in Durban, good morning. Hello, Sakina. Hi, Karim. How are you, Sakina? Well, and you? Have you had a good weekend? I did, thanks. Sakina, look, the, the, the topic is very exciting, but let me explain to you what's going on. The, the, the technology will advance far further and further as far as we concerned because the world that makes technology is out there to make money. They're going to bring new gadgets, new apps. The point of the problem is this, that unfortunately it's destroying the fiber of human element in a sense that there are certain things on the phone, on the iPad, that should not be allowed to people to, I mean, you can't stop it, but the big problem is like Facebook, where kids are indulging with communication people, they don't have to. Technology is exciting, but the problem is even the role models, fathers, mothers, who are not actually grappling with the problem because they themselves are guilty of using it whenever they want to. And I think my personal opinion as a person, I think it's destroying family values. There's no more conversation. Somebody will send you a message and say, happy birthday, or send you a message. But it's so impersonal. It's become totally impersonal. Life has become impersonal. Gone are the good old days where you could sit around the table. Everybody had a chat. Now you find the father on the phone, father on the computer. He doesn't have time to even communicate with children. The children don't have time to communicate with anybody else. And you go, even if you go to a church, you go to a mosque. I'm Muslim. I go to a mosque. I see youngsters, while we're praying in the back of the, of, the, of the people who are praying, they're sitting on their phones. Now, even this kind of fabrication of values, the big word is we are going to lose our values. It's, it's not technology. Technology will, will advance to a higher status in the world. There will be gadgets still coming out in the future where it will be more advanced. Will men have the capacity, will we have the capacity to control these gadgets with our own deeds? Because if you do not implement it with your children, you do not stop it, and there's no control on the phone. How do you mm. control the phone? Anyway, I just pray and hope Thank that... Thank you. Uh, bye-bye. Thank you so much, Kareem, for that input. And Kareem raises a very important point there, uh, Dr. Resnick. And, and, and could we be barking up the wrong tree in terms of, you know, trying to place this squarely at the door of technology? I want to read a, a tweet from Cynthia Nkosi. Cynthia says, the plethora of technology has changed the way people communicate and kids don't understand emotions. We need social bonds. Now, why don't they understand that? You know, it goes back to what Errol Naidu was saying. As parents, where have we dropped the ball? Can I answer that? Yes, please. Right. First of all, I just, just to give a bit of background, I've just um, just uh, uh, done a doctorate on an evidence-based parenting program which I developed. And, you know, we talk about boundaries, but how do parents do that? For instance, I'm not attacking technology. It's there to stay. It's how we manage it and how, and it's up to the parents to manage it because parents are guiding children to adulthood. Now, for instance, in our house, there's no TV and there's no gadgets during the day. And those one-on-one screens, for instance, the iPad or the PSP, etc. the rule is they can only play sort of maybe after 5 o'clock in their bedroom. You can't have a kid walking around the house with an iPad. Mom's trying to talk to him. He's watching the TV and he's playing on this iPad. So parents are told set boundaries, but they're not shown how to do it. And that's what we've got to help parents understand, that they're bringing up children. They are baking the cake. You can't blame the stove or the baking powder if something goes wrong. They've got to look at themselves and take more responsibility in knowing how to set these boundaries. So it's not an attack on technology. It's managing that technology. Mm. Because if you realize that children are making choices all the time, why are so many children choosing not to learn, not to read. You know, I've got a bit of a theory. Is that that fair, though? Are children not reading? I mean, for them to understand how all of these apps and things work, at at the very least, requires them to read about it, doesn't it? Absolutely, they will read that. But I'm talking about when it comes to schoolwork, stuff that they don't want to do. So what is happening is these children are just doing things which they enjoy. Things they don't enjoy, maybe it's maths, maybe it's a, a subject like science, they're not engaging with it because they're not interested in it. And technology, what they're playing with on that technology is normally games and very often something inappropriate. And that is why I'm saying ADHD kids, for children, uh, we talk about them, they can read all those instructions. They can play those games brilliantly, but yet they don't concentrate on their school matter at school because their focus mm. is not there. Their focus is only on what they want to do. 
And that's what we've got to help parents do, is expose children to other things. And there's a time and a place that they, we need programs for parents to know how to do it. Because otherwise the child is in control. And once the kid is in control, that family is not functioning as it should. And there's just far too many families that are in that situation today. Well, and uh, the question we are grappling with, how does technology impact on family values? And from what Dr. Resnick was just mentioning, I couldn't help but think that when we were in school, the same thing happened. People were not interested in maths and science and whatever, but they were reading Archie comics and, and, and we were passing them around, you know, that sort of thing. So how is it actually different? Uh, but I do take the point about parenting. But how difficult can it be for a parent to simply lay down the law and say, at such and such a time, there will be no use of gadgets at this point? So I don't understand. And, and, and this is what we are grappling with this morning. We're talking technology and its impact on family values. The lines are open 891 SMS uh, 34701, Twitter, Facebook, AM Live on SAFM. I want to hear from you as parents. You know, where does the problem actually lie? Why are we seemingly incapable of setting boundaries for our children? Why are we seemingly incapable as, um, uh, who was it, um, our uh, person who sent the tweet uh, said, uh, Cynthia, Cynthia Nkosi, who said that, you know, we are incapable of forming bonds, you know, bonds in our family. But why is that? Why is it so difficult? And perhaps you can share with us if you one of those parents who is struggling with this, where you go off to the one side on your gadgets and your children go off to the other side on their gadgets. But, you know, it, it, it starts with the little things. Why do parents think it's okay to give an eight-year-old, a six-year-old, and I've seen even a five-year-old, a 12,000 rand phone? Why is that acceptable? What are they meant to do with these things? And then, of course, it comes with all the well, uh, the, the, the bells and whistles. And these children, as our guests have indicated, end up accessing sites on the Internet that really isn't meant for them. And that causes another ripple effect of things that goes wrong. But why do parents do these things? Why do you give your child an iPad at the age of two and three? What exactly is it that you are hoping to achieve? And is it working for you as a parent? This is what I want to know. When it comes to uh, someone mentioned Facebook earlier, one of our guests, Facebook and, and, and again, these gadgets, do you actually control, you know, or, or, or patrol what your children are doing on the Internet? Do you actually go and look at the sites that they have visited? Uh, do you have some software installed to make sure that they are not able to access certain sites that are undesirable for them at that age? What do you do? Or do you simply take this gadget and you give it to your child to babysit them because you don't have the time or the inclination to do that? 0891 that's the number to dial. We are asking, how does technology impact on family values? Monica, you calling from Orlando. Good morning. Good morning. Uh, technology impacts on a larger family, which is not the one in this house. You go to a hospital and the clerk there will be smiling at his phone. You go to a nurse. Before she attends to you, she's smiling or asking for somebody to give her a charger. A policeman, they sit there and marvel at their technology. Before they even raise your hand, you've got to cough or, uh, officer, please, may I? And they're all engrossed in their different levels of technological uh, gadgets. But, Monica, these are adults, so what does that say about us? It says that we're not setting examples. It, it says that we have left humanity out of our bodies, out of our physical beings. We, we don't have emotion anymore. And we, we are focusing on this cold piece of um, gadget or whatever it is. Mm. And that certainly is worrying. Monica, thank you so much for your contribution this morning. But what is leading to uh, this particular phenomenon? We need to talk about these things because it is impacting our households. Fukile says, at home, we'd all be sitting in the living room with everyone mesmerized by their own little gadget. We miss the opportunity to interact. But um, Azania Native says, in my household, come breakfast, lunch or dinner time, there are 
no phones allowed at the table? Why are some people able to implement uh, these rules and boundaries and others not? Eddie in Edenvale, good morning. Sakina, I hope you're having a, a nice Easter. All the best to you. Thank you, Eddie. Uh, Sakina, you know, it really struck me how we're losing uh, uh, touch with, uh, with with each other in this modern era. Um, when I, you know, uh, about a year ago, there was a, an incident with a, a, a prominent socialite lady. Uh, her car had been stolen and her, and her neighbor uh, about, who stayed about a block away uh, managed to, uh, to, to, to take the number of the, of the car and went to the trouble of going to the police and so on. Uh, uh, apparently, she, she, she even recognized the person who stole the car. She went to a lot of trouble, and, and with the result that the car was recovered. Now, that person, the, the socialite, the rich lady of high standing, she, she couldn't even be bothered to go to that person, take trouble to go across, perhaps take a cake or some flowers and thank her personally. She couldn't even go to the trouble of personally writing a, a, a nice note. She just put it on Twitter. <laughs> the, 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 the press commented that she was so grateful that she put a message on Twitter uh, thanking that person. So, you know, that, that, that shows you how, how, we, how we're losing uh, our, our common decency. Thanks again. And thank you so much, Eddie. And I'm sure, you know, many people are smiling at what you've just related because they know what you're talking about. Warren in Stutterheim, good morning. Good morning. A very interesting conversation we're having here. I've got something uh, that I'd like to fly with you guys. Now, uh, please, and I might offend some people, and I really hope I don't. Uh, to be very blunt, we've come out of the inverted commas Stone Age in certain areas. We haven't gone through an industrial revolution in our southern African uh, context, and we've landed up in the Space Age without that transition through uh, uh, people interacting, having factories like let's let's take for instance England in the 1800s when we had this industrial area. There, were, there was never anything like that. Our only bigger industries came here in the 1920s. Before that, we were a net importer of goods sent out, a wool sent out to England, and we got back suits. We didn't even have factories here making clothing. Everything was imported, and I, I've got records to show this. Now, all of a sudden. Uh, people, we had the mines, yes, but everything was imported. Now, all of a sudden, people have been taken out of no, no industrial revolution, having factories starting up, etc., etc. That happened after the Second World War. Isco was in the 1920s right now. We've got the space age. We've got technology thrown on us without this interaction. And maybe I'm off beam here, but I, I, I'd like to use that not as an excuse, but as one of the contributing reasons to why we're in this situation. I run a small factory and I concur with Monica about all this nonsense happening. I have to go to Freer Hospital on, on, on quite a lot of occasions. I'm going down for uh, radiology next week. And she says what she says is exactly right. These nurses walk around with cell phones and they're not interested in anybody. And it's, and it's terrible. And I've experienced this myself lying in hospital. Mm. No, I hear you, uh, Warren. Thank you so much uh, for contributing. Our question uh, this morning on the Forum at 8, we are, of course, uh, focusing on technology and the family unit, and we are asking, how does technology impact on family values? And I must just say, loving the comments uh, that are coming through, let me read a few of those and then get our panel to respond. And in the meantime, the lines are still open on 0891-104-208. Eric Mbiza says, social media is useful but children should be monitored by parents from accessing explicit content and chatting with strangers. Peter in Cape Town says it's going to ruin their eyesight as well. That I concur with, Peter. Marge says the advert showing a two-year-old being hushed by a tablet showing three half-naked women dancing provocatively to me is sending a sinister message. And then Marge goes on to say no families are listening to this forum 
because they are all on their iPads. So we hope they are streaming, Marge. And then uh, Timba says, we blame technology, but it's only speeding up our lack of values. We have 917 primary schools. Uh, girls are pregnant in those schools. And then uh, Keith in Durban says, it's parent delinquency. And uh, this one says, I know a parent who believes her teen is very clever with the device, yet the kid fails dismally at school. And then some of your um, tweets coming through, Zakes uh, Zotliwa says, alcohol, cars, swimming pools, etc. are all meant to make life better, but can be abused. They also kill and technology is no different. Pila says, the phenomenon of technology in the lives of young ones is symptomatic of the pattern of outsourcing parenting. Dumisani Nklengetwa's contribution, he says, uh, before social networks, the real social cohesion was true friendship and frequent access to the internet has ruined uh, things like brainstorming. Zoliswa Sedia says, um, if we as parents fail at self-control, Sakina, how can we expect to curb the overuse of digital gadgets? Very true. Kulu SD says, there's nothing wrong with technology. It's a matter of teaching our kids the etiquette of using it responsibly. Uh, Spusiso Josi's contribution, technology in our families is such a challenge. A 12,000 rand cell phone to a child is just to be in competition with other parents. Um, Saber Jazbai says, we are weak as human beings. Technology has alienated us from our humanity and our true feelings. And um, Sisanda says, I'm more in touch with my family now. The distance between us is no longer the problem thanks to technology. For Kanye, it's not, it's National Family Day. Enjoy it with loved ones. If you're traveling after the weekend, please drive safely and stop often. And of course, you can get in touch with them uh, via those uh, very gadgets, obviously, when it is safe to do so. So those are some of the comments uh, coming through. Let me hear from you, Louis Steenkamp. What do you make of everything that people are putting on the table? Yeah, it's, it's extremely in, interesting to listen uh, to all of this, and and I I think you know it it's really maybe a time for us to to really just get honest about what what are our goals using technology these days. You know, I hear people talking about nurses kind of smiling to themselves and people just really closing off other people and you know engaging uh, whatever on a smartphone or so. And and I think it really boils down to um, it's often about entertainment it's about self-entertainment you know and, and i think uh, i mean i'm speaking to you on an iphone so i'm not bashing apple but the <laughs> iphone the ipad you know the i everything's about me and even with whatsapp you know i send you a message and i can see when you got it and you better not whatsapp you better watch out because i want a response you got the message like <laughs> i'm in control so you know um it is really Oh, we talk about getting lost in cyberspace, you know, where people really, they realize, uh, they, they get lost, they lose track of time, like, oh my goodness, I've been on, on this news site reading crazy stories for a couple of hours. That's often um, an escape from reality. It's just, a, you know, maybe a temporary escape can be maybe not so bad, but, you know, people, um, the, the worse family relationships, the more people are not going to want to talk to each other, the more they're going to want to sort of self-entertain or, you know, deal with the boredom and I think the big problem is technology is just we're kind of caught off guard you know like I said earlier a lot of what today's parents are they they're not you know they didn't grow up with all of this I don't think they even know the impact it has on them and the big thing now is you really can't turn it off you know I mean you're you can be whatsapping in the car at the restaurant you know I've even seen people in church you know using <laughs> surfing the but web you can or whatever turn it off it, it, it is a choice that you make, isn't it, Louis? Yeah, well, yeah, what I mean by, you know, like the, the Wi-Fi is, you know, everywhere, university campuses, restaurants, it, it's always available. So it, it, I think it's really a time where, um, you're right, where parents need to be educated or just realize, um, you know, my kid is not that exception. You know, I often see, especially when I work with um, families in addiction, you know, the parents have this sort of naive positive believer and I never thought he would do that or I never you know other kids would do it but not mine and maybe this is the same sort of uh, denial in a sense like yeah you know they've got a smartphone but surely they won't visit those sites or you know I hope no strangers or pedophiles or bullies or whatever will you know connect with them on social media surely it won't happen to my child but 
the reality is that, you know, that um, these things are out there. And um, I just think parents really need to be involved. We're not going to, it's not going to work to throw all the phones away, but we really need to make connection with people. And, you know, I always say whether it's a couple, whether it's a mother and a child, a father and a daughter, it doesn't matter. It, um, the things go bad when there, there's a repetition of small things over time that don't go the right way. You know, so it's not like all of a sudden we speak once a month, now we're connected. It's a daily, I know what's going on in your life. But if you're sitting in your room, you know, texting all your friends, um, maybe I don't want to bother you because you're a teenager. I don't know what to do. I think that's what a lot of parents are worried about. But at the end of the day, they have no influence. You know, they can't instill discipline or, or you know, direction because there's the, the children don't feel loved. So, this, you know, it's quite a... What a complicated problem we have. Complicated and I would say slightly dangerous, Errol Naidu, because when parents reach a point where they say they don't know what to do, they can't control the situation, then clearly we're in trouble. Here's an SMS from Prince Monkwe and Emalatheni. Prince says, my little girl won't listen when we talk to her as she is always busy chatting on the phone. This technology has become a menace. Now, I don't think it's the technology that's become a menace. I think it's the model breakdown, uh, the, the valueless society that is a menace, and it's a menace to everybody. So what we're basically talking about here, Sakina, is uh, the absence of values, the breakdown of values, the breakdown of morality and decency in South Africa that's manifesting through technology. So we can't blame the technology for bad behavior. For example... Kids are using technology, devices, iPads, all of those things to bully other children. I've read up stories and I've read in the media of children taking compromising pictures of other kids, posting it on online, and then harassing and humiliating other children with bad consequences. I've read stories of uh, people breaking up, you know, ending relationships of years with a simple SMS. I've read of people divorcing their spouses using an SMS. Um, then, of course, you've got all the sexual things that, that is, is really devastating for children as well. All of that, what all of that tells us is, uh, is that there's a breakdown in values. Uh, that's your problem. Family, families are breaking down. Families How do we restore? How do we restore, you know, well, those uh, well, you rest- morals and common decency? You, you restore where it's all going wrong, and that is the family, because that's where it starts. Where do children first learn all the values? They learn it from their parents in the family, the self-respect and responsibility for actions and, and integrity and honesty and, uh, uh, you know, uh, respect for authority. All of those values are taught in the first university of, of the child is the family. And they grow up with those values, and the parents are supposed to be the, uh, the, the model examples, the good examples. They need to, to, to walk that out so children can grow up and understand what correct behavior is and understand also what incorrect behavior is. And because when the, the family breaks down, when that university is not there and children don't grow up with the values, and what a lot of parents are doing now is they're using these devices as babysitters so that they have a lot more free time. If I just hand my child a device, that will keep them busy. You know, before the television used to be used as the babysitter, now the devices, and the parents have more free time to do what they need to do without being bothered by the kids. That sounds harsh, but it is reality. It is what is happening in South Africa, and we see that all the time. We, you know, the research we've gathered, uh, not only this country, but other countries in the world, that most of your, the social ills today in society can be traced back to the breakdown of the family. So the breakdown of the family is your number one issue in a country because it affects all of society, all of people. And if you want to um, reverse this terrible trend, you've got to start where the, 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 the problem starts, and that is the family. So it's, it's the strengthening and the restoration of the family, not on the individual, where the individuals are demanding this right, that right. People live in families. Family is the building block of society, not the individual. Mm. Everybody needs a family, to a sense of belonging, and that's where values are taught and transmitted and shared, and, and we're missing that, the family life, and, and technology 
we just see the, the manifestation in, in, in the technology where we can actually see now the bad behavior of people, how people ignore other people, sit on their cell phones, come up to a desk, try to speak to somebody, and they're busy on their phone. You even go, you try to get, you, you go into a company, and, and you, want, um, you want service, and, and they will be answering the phones uh, and giving the people on the telephone service rather than the person standing in front of them. <laughs> so we've learned to, to deal with inanimate objects. It's better to do that. Uh, than to deal with people, one-on-one personal relationships. That is what's breaking down mm. because we, we haven't been taught that and the value system that keeps, holds all of this together, the social glue that holds all of this together is coming apart and that is family, uh, strong families where, where parents and children are taught and, and, and interact with each other and values are developed. Uh, we're missing that. So perhaps as parents, we need to ask ourselves some very difficult questions about how we parent and what it is that we actually give our children permission to do. And something that Errol Naidu um, touched on, the fact that if we are setting a poor example, if you as the parent are permanently on your smartphone, on your iPad, how do you then even know what your child is up to, let alone asking them to get off the gadgets? So some of these issues need to be interrogated. No child of mine will have a 12,000 rand gadget. Go and work and buy it for yourself. Because, and, and as I've, not for a lack of trying. My children have tried this, and, and, and my response is the same every time. There are people who have worked for many years who cannot afford a 12,000 rand gadget. What makes you think that you deserve one? I just don't see the need for that. So, you know, it's, it's the examples that we set for our children. My children know that if I ask, that I give them whatever they have under the condition that I can ask for those gadgets at any time. And when I ask for them, you will put in your password and I will go through that gadget. And I've done it on occasion. I've, I've deleted pictures. I've asked for things post to be deleted. But that is how I have dealt with it. Not perfect because these things still slip through the radar, but something needs to be done. But uh, let me just read a few more comments, uh, Dr. Resnick, before I come to you. Moses Kolo says, most of the time people who are spoiling their children are single parents. How can you buy a smartphone for a five-year-old child? It's not only the single parents, though, Moses. Sipo Setu Nchongwana says, it makes life faster, but technology also has its disadvantages. For instance, children don't get time to study, and many people pour their problems out on social networks and let parents have conditions in use for them. Um, Banele says technology, when it's not managed probably, pro- properly, may destroy families. But if we set time to converse as a family, nothing could damage the family relation. So with a few minutes uh, at our disposal, okay, let me take Sebastian before I come to you, Dr. Resnick. Sebastian calling from the Atlantic Coast. Good morning. Good morning to you. Uh, Well, the question of possible dangers and harms from cell phone radiation to adults is still open. Uh, There have been advisories and warnings that uh, cell phone radiation can definitely be harmful to children whose brains are in a developmental stage. And I think this is a very serious consideration that is not receiving enough attention from parents allowing their children to have uh, unfettered cell phone usage or any cell phone usage at all. Uh, that's my point. Thank you so much, Sebastian, for raising that. You are right, and uh, perhaps that one also slipped through the cracks this morning. But uh, Dr. Resnick, uh, just in response to everything that uh, we've been discussing, but more importantly, um, you know, since you've done the research, since you've come up, um, you know, with literature in this regard, just some tips for parents as to how they could potentially manage the situation better. I think it's very important you've, you've got to have boundaries from uh, from when the kids are small. Remember that you are setting the boundaries. You are allowing the kids to do these things. So we've got to have boundaries. We've got to have rules. You know, we've got to establish it from a young age. You get their buy-in. I mean, I've got three stepchildren I've brought up. You can discipline children this day and age, providing you know how. The problem is all the parents follow each other. But certainly, as I said, no TV, no games, nothing during the day. First, do the homework. They've got to earn. Do you remember, all of these gadgets are privileges. They're not rights. So they, they've got to 
earn the right to play a little cell phone, and they don't have to have the internet every night. So there's got to be these sort of rules, and then they can't have it for longer than whatever. And as I said, the one-on-one uh, screens, like the iPad and the cell phones, etc., only in their bedroom. What does that do? It's, they get bored eventually, and then they want to come out and join the family rather than walk around with these things where they're multitasking. You don't allow it. Parents must control it. You can't give a kid an iPad to keep him in his bedroom. Mom has to keep it. They've got to then know what the rules are when they give an iPad. You want the iPad for an hour. Then you give it back, etc. So, And they can't have access to the Internet. What, is, what do they need access to the Internet? Unless they've, they're doing a school project, which you could supervise in any case. But you set the boundaries, and you can explain to a, tr- a child, and they do accept it. Our kids have accepted all the rules. And as they've got older, they have seen the value of why they weren't allowed to watch TV. And they're learning because they want to learn rather than because we want them to learn. But unless parents know how to manage children, that's all we are, we managers. You know, we, we know how to nurture our children. We don't know how to manage because nobody's come up with a solution to that. But the, we, we must set boundaries. Schools have boundaries. Businesses have boundaries. We've got to know how to do it. We cannot allow children to have TV in their room where they can lie back and kick on. They've got to ask if they want to watch TV. You can't have children just going and switching in your TV. It belongs to you. They've got to ask you. So they can't take any of these things without asking, and parents have to be in control of these things and set the boundaries for them. Mm. They don't have to have them every night, including weekends, where they can learn how to play to earn the right to, to spend some time on their gadget. Dr. Resnick, thank you so much for that. And um, I can just hear, you know, another conversation starting here. Um, And it's one that we will have, um, especially Errol Naidu, because many parents are actually scared of their children. And how this actually came about, I don't know, but it is the reality of it. Just a few quick messages. Barry says, we have two boys, 10 and 7, and we've never owned a TV set. Our kids don't have cell phones or computer games. We don't do Facebook or Twitter. Our kids read prolifically and play the piano and the violin, and they do woodwork, leatherwork, they ride bikes, the canoe, etc. And we do things together and have family life. That's from Barry. This one says, equal time practicing mindfulness is a part of the solution. Patrick in KZN says, during family holiday time, we have a rule. No screen-based activity before noon. After initial grumbles, it hap- it's happiness all round. And then uh, Stima in KZN says, I once went to a funeral and while the pastor was doing the sermon, 75% of the so-called mourners were busy on their iPads. Even after the preacher requested the people to switch off their gadgets, some of them, especially the youth, continued. I was shocked. Sakina, it starts in the family. And I couldn't agree with you more. Well, thank you everyone for your fantastic participation this morning to our guests, uh, Dr. Ken Resnick, who's a psychologist, Errol Naidu, who's the president of the Family Policy Institute, and Louis Steenkamp, who's a family and relationship counsellor. Thanks for your time. To our listeners who who participate so fantastically all the time, thanks for your input as well, and uh, to the production team for making sure it went out loud and clear. Well, uh, you enjoy the rest of your family day, and uh, maybe today try and put those gadgets away, just for today. Let's see how that works. And uh, it's nine o'clock and time for news with Zotwa Mukwena.